Hello, folks. Welcome to episode 39 of the Content Cube. I'm Brian Woods. I'm Jake Mosier. I am Zach Hohenstein. And we are coming to you recording. When's this episode going up? I don't know. I just remembered I have an essay due tomorrow at midnight. Coming to you directly after the 2019-2020 first debate presidential election. Folks, we are dipping into politics hard, folks. I... I was frankly blown away when Joe Biden called in his friend Obama and Sasha Obama piloted a drone strike <laughs> on, on the stadium. I, I, I could not believe it. With the live cam of Sasha Obama, I just could not fucking believe it, folks. Uh, that owned. I was so into it, guys. I watched it with some people. What did, what did you guys think? Uh, I, too, watched think? it with some people. Um, there were some little arguments going on throughout. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that just wasn't fun to watch in any way. Uh, I guess it had its moments. Um, Yeah. You know, I love people in general getting called out on inaccuracies. That's always fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I guess I'll say this. um, I'll take Joe Biden over Donald Trump any day of the week. I mean, neither one would be my first pick in the world, obviously. But this definitely, um, I mean confirm my i mean i didn't need confirmation i kind of knew but this uh i didn't kind of know i definitely knew uh who watches the base for confirmation yeah i didn't watch for the confirmation but it was um i i definitely yeah it's pretty clear for me it has been for a while and this debate did nothing to change that that i would obviously i'm obviously voting joe biden over donald trump yeah so yeah i I don't know if my voice if my voice is a little hoarse guys i'm sorry there was a bit of yelling um so it's it's fun times in the house right now. I I watched it with some of my roommates and my girlfriend and uh yeah, it was exhausting. Brian Brian pops in the Discord and is fucking energized from this debate and it did the complete opposite and just drained me. I I tweeted yeah, out I mean listening it's hard to get half the stuff that was going on cuz they're just shouting over each other and I I know that the reason they don't mute someone's mic is because no one gives a fuck if this informs people. This purely exists for entertainment. Was I entertained? Oh, sure I was. But it would be nice to actually have them at least put up a veil that they kind of care about (laughs) talking about policy. I mean, it was just... It was hard to watch. I what? mean, I'm I'm happy I'm there for memes day one. I'm happy I'm there. I'm gonna get when they start bringing back the jokes debate number two. I I get the get the lore from debate number one. The but lore is I, critical. What I what critical. I kept thinking about when watching it was the key things that uh, Trump and Biden's debate team, their training team, kept shouting at them when they were training because I know. For a fact, they my favorite part, and I know they told Trump, like, hey, if Biden says the word smart once, you need to immediately interrupt him and reference that he did not graduate from whatever college. And then Biden, they told him just really just remind everyone how shitty he is. That was the one strategy they gave him. And don't sound illiterate. Be able to speak without stuttering. Yeah, I was kind of like on sitting on, you know, needles kind of anticipating like, uh, you know, a fuck up with in terms of wording or him stuttering pretty hard and losing his train of thought. Luckily, there was no there was no egregious you, offenses like you we've could seen, see it. Uh, you could see tonight. it in his eyes. Every fear. time there he stuttered, fear. he there like recharged. He's like fuck, 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 dude. 
Dude, Joe Biden right now, he's 10% Vyvanse. He is limit-breaking. He's about to disappear for another two months again, and we're all going to think he died. Do you guys remember when that happened? He did really good at that debate, and I think it's because they gave him so much Vyvanse they almost killed him, and then he just was not there for like another month. Really weird. Uh, dude, I was fucking energized. I was watching it with some people. I was... I was sitting there. Jake, I think I think your uh, tweet, you're like, this would be so much better if they just muted the microphones. <laughs> Wrong. Because then I wouldn't have Joe Biden going, just shut up, man. <laughs> I, again, another moment where Come I... Come on, man. 2020. The, let's the go. The 24-year-old uh, intern in the office during training was like, hey, if you have a chance, tell him to shut up. That'll be, oh, that'll be big. They had the t-shirts up, fucking ready. Up, they man. were already in the presses. Fucking owned. Holy shit, dude. I mean, fucking Joe Biden being like, oh, my son's a veteran. And then fucking Trump doing the uh, Stephen A. Smith, like, who was on crack? That was awesome. (laughs) That that was cool. Um, I just had a really good time. I couldn't understand what was happening half the time. I felt like Chris Walsh was about to fucking cry like half the time. I thought he was going to cry. He was going through it. He was going through it. Yeah. I mean... I, I don't think, oh, dude. did they stay even slightly on topic for anything? I remember climate change was presented, and then they were they were screaming about something completely off topic, and I, I had to ask my roommates, I was like, what did we start with? It was, it was I mean, a they, mess. They didn't even do closing statements. They, was, they, they were actually, supposed to do closing it was, statements. It, it's a, it's a, you know, a testament to the, the sequencing of topics uh, that, you know, Chris Wallace had set up, because every question he would have... Uh, the discussion would go go off the rails and lead to the next topic, and he would have to go. Now, guys, we're talking about that next. Um, and, you know, so I mean, he, he definitely knew what he was doing with the sequencing because he knew each each topic would lead to the next pretty clearly, and that was evident tonight. I mean, it just it just fucking ended. I, it just <laughs> ended. I, he it, they were supposed to do closing statement, and it was just mail office shit. It was just post office shit, and I loved every moment of it. He brought up like I think Trump brought up the Project Veritas shit, and that was hilarious. Um, man, dude, I, I want the Suns debate. Frankly, I want Hunter <laughs> Biden, the coolest Biden, the only Biden I actually respect. Honestly, I want Hunter Biden debating Donald Trump Jr. Can you guys fucking imagine the Suns debate? Man, yeah. that was uh, I, I that was hilarious when Trump brought up uh, Suns who have done cocaine, and I was like, Are we sure we want to bring yeah. up Suns and cocaine, dude? Are we Donald sure Trump you want Jr. To do that, fucking. Trump? Fucking blitzed, fucking juiced at the RNC. That was awesome, man. I I live for this shit. I mean, honestly, it sucked. I, I, Biden did surprisingly well, honestly. I thought I, I thought honestly I was pleased with his performance tonight for the most part. Like I, was I wasn't. Surprised. Like honestly, I, I was uh, honestly afraid that I would see him have a stroke and die on stage. Um, and I was not in the mood to watch a death today. Uh, but no, he did very well. He was very there. Um. <laughs> Lucid, even. which is the minimal you know, he, we can yeah, ask. He, he, I mean, he for passion, one, he got mad without yeah. like losing his temper and like becoming like a child, like tr- like Trump does sometimes. But like he, I, I t- yeah. this was this night overall for the most part. I liked for the most part things he said, um, and it uh, definitely reaffirmed my faith that you know. Obviously, we all have our problems with the two party system. Or I think most of us do, at least I do. Um, but. You know, you got to make the best of the situation that we're in currently, and I think it would be fundamentally worse in every way if Trump is reelected. That is my personal opinion. So uh, this dude. night, this night, um, definitely, you know, did nothing to change my mind in any way. 
Dude, Trump looking like a fucking virgin with the Melania side hug. Jill Biden comes up, gives 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 all Uncle Joe a, a front hug, like a fucking Chad, like the fucking <laughs> cool Uncle Joe he is. I mean, for once, I mean, Joe Biden came up and hugged him after like a stage thing, and I was, and my first thought wasn't, oh, she's there to help him get off the stage, lead him, lead him away to where he needs to go. I mean, he seemed very elusive this time. I was quite impressed. He knows frankly. he won. He knows he did. He knows he did well. He had the confidence about him towards the end. I mean, bare minimum, he knows. You know? Yes, he does. Because usually he doesn't seem to. He knows something. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's done quite well. Um, I just had a good... That was fun. That, that, was, that was good, dude. Because I remember going into 2018, like, meme, like, oh, it's going to be Joe Biden and Trump. It's going to be two senile men on stage wandering around, confused. You know, I say that as a bit. And then we're getting into 2019, I'm like, oh, wow, Joe Biden's actually probably, like... The third least viable candidate, like, after, above, like, Pete Buttigieg and Klobuchar. And now we're back, we're back around, folks. We've wrapped all the way back around. It is Joe Biden. It's actually him. I couldn't fucking believe it when it happened on Super Tuesday. I'm looking at my phone, all the endorsements come in. I'm like, come on, man. It's fucking Joe Biden. It actually happens. And it's happening, guys. I can't believe it. I can't fucking believe this is where we're at. You know, I, I, you know, I feel like I feel obligated to come forward and say, you know, like I, I completely, I talk about it with my brothers all the time and like, even I have to like, you know, I talk to my parents about it too. And you know, um, I completely understand and I, I do not dispute anyone's problem with Joe Biden. I think all of them are very real, uh, problems that, that he has as a candidate. I completely agree. Um, and I can understand, uh, the, the idea that if you don't vote for Joe Biden, um, you know, out of, you know, disdain for what happened to Bernie and, you know, whoever else that you may have wanted that that will wake the Democratic Party up um, to, like, you know, make a change. I completely agree with that. I see that. But at the same time, if, if you're not voting, if you don't think he's going to do, like, what he can with uh, the economy and the people, the lower class and what he needs to do with, like, things like that nature, I mean, there are other things on the ballot besides that that will be fundamentally completely worse under Trump. Things like the climate, things like um, you know abortion, obviously. Um, I mean, I'm pro-choice. I I just think if 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 nothing else, I agree. Two-party system broken. Things need to be better. Obviously, there are better candidates out there than Joe Biden. I'm not his best friend in the world. I don't think he's a, like an amazing guy overall, obviously. But there are things that it can always get worse, and that's not an optimistic way to look at things. And you should never have to look at things that way. Uh, but it, it's just a sad reality of where we're at right now. That that's. I even people who don't like Joe Biden, I you gotta vote for him over Trump. That's just what I I mean, I I get it, but at the same time there's just so much on the line right now. And this you have I mean, the you I will still have the out. opportunity to approve things in the future probably if you vote Joe Biden. There are things that you might not get an opportunity for a while if, if Trump gets four more years. That's just that's just like the fact of life right now. I, I mean I am rolling up to my mailbox. I'm pulling I'm pulling out the fucking mail in ballot. I'm looking at it. I open it up and say, Joe Biden's a rapist. And I fucking, I fucking write Joe Biden on the thing and I send it back, folks. We're, we're winning. I vote Joe. Uncle <laughs> Joe, come on, man. 2020. Let's fucking go. No, nothing's, nothing's holding me back. <laughs> uh, it is. I mean, oh, I, man. I, I resonate with everything Zach said and that I'm not happy that Joe Biden is who I have to vote for. But I mean, the two moments that stood out to me from the debate where I can't among many other things understand 
the uh, I I don't I don't want to vote because I don't I don't like either was when Trump mentioned uh, white supremacists and he says just tell the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. He again encourages white supremacy and then when they talked about the environment and he says that emissions are the best they've ever been i'm confused (sighs) it sucks but i will also be begrudgingly voting biden man i i felt it throw i felt it flow through me folks i felt you felt the the biden wave i felt the biden energy flowing (laughs) through me i am powerful my blood is twenty percent Vyvanse to go with the with my own ADHD medication. It's fucking flowing through me. My eyes are blue. One of them's bloodshot, like Joe. That one time his eye exploded on stage. That was weird. I, I just can't believe it. I, I just can't believe we're here. Think of all the shit that happened with Joe Biden leading up to Super Two, and then it was him. It was him. His eye. His eye was like bleeding on stage once. You, you can. Uh, his his was- eye. His eye was bleeding on... His eye was just like bloodshot red once. And not only is he the presidential nominee, he is alive. <laughs> my, my roommate Jake made a good point during the debate tonight that, that, I've, I, that really resonated with me that I think makes sense. Um, throughout the, like the primaries, um, you could, Trump would make like comments that would be you know, anti-Joe Biden, a little more skewing pro pro Sanders and and not that oh I'm pro Bernie Sanders but that it was clear that he would want to run against Bernie Sanders cuz then he could just make anti-socialism his entire platform um and when he Biden actually anyway. ended up winning yeah when Biden ended up winning anyway. it's so weird they've cha- had so much he hasn't time. changed his campaign hasn't changed the, <laughs> so the, the approach they're saying Biden he, I don't know if it's is, working he's yeah I don't know of it's course not. not he's saying Biden is this radical leftist um and and he he made a fucking cop his vice president, <laughs> like it's like bro yeah, you're not even I mean, pretending I mean, Joe to make Biden, sense. You're not pretending to make sense anymore. Joe though, Biden, bro. like I don't understand. You didn't change your plan at all. And, and the only thing that changed is it's okay. So I guess I have to go after Joe Biden's son. Like that's literally what like, the, the new addition <laughs> to the catalog is. Hunter Biden. I unironically like Hunter Biden. He's cool as fuck. Biden is out uh, there shouting st- like stop calling me a socialist. I'm not this kind of person. And Trump dude, just keeps I pushing fucking, it. It's- I wish I want it so bad. I mean, Joe Biden's so goddamn corporate, but it's so weird cuz he like sucks at it. Like he he like he's has like this point of pride for like being like the poorest senator or something. And it's just like are you doing it for kicks? Like he just like he is totally just like like, he doesn't know how to cash out. It's so fucking sad. Like, he is, like, pretty corporate as far as... Like, he's as corporate as the politician goes. He just can't cash out. He's fucking doing these... He's doing these, like, favors and bills for, like, a jacket or something. I don't know. He does it for kicks. Do you think but we man. can get them on for debate? We're not. We're no Joe Rogan. <laughs> I mean, on, Goodness dude. Goodness gracious, if we had Joe Biden as oh, a guest on the content cube, can you imagine... Can I imagine? I can't wow. wait to tell him to watch Spirited Away. We talk about Dude. that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. We don't even make it political. We just talk about what we usually talk about. We ask for his recommendation <laughs> and everything. What do you think? What do you think he'd about recommend? Five Bloods. I wasn't a fan. <laughs> I was not a fan of Five Bloods. I mean, I don't know. I'm weird. I'm weirdly manic right now. I don't know if it's like I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I'm so juiced after Uncle Joe cleaning up. Come on, man, 2020. Man, when he said shut up, man, I'm like, he said it. He <laughs> said the thing. Was, he said man. That was insane. I mean, Dude, well, I, oh, man, I, don't know. I, was, I didn't see that coming from him, but the second he said it, 
I don't know. It just seemed like all bets were off of what other things Joe Biden would say uh, the rest of the night. Um, I Dude, I thought he was going to challenge into the fucking uh, uh, fucking push-up contest. You guys remember? <laughs> oh, dude, remember when he did that? Like at a town hall, he like he like challenged one of the like uh, people in the town hall to like a push-up contest. It was cool as fuck, and I was hoping he'd do it here. <laughs> We're gonna get to the third debate, and Biden's gonna straight up tell Trump that he fucks his daughter. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be, gonna be it's, dude. Biden is gonna base fucking would not care. He's going to, if Biden rushes his Trump. His base is trained to not care at this point. If, his base is if not Biden diminish. rushes Trump, who does the Secret Service shoot? <laughs> They're both protected by the Secret Service. Can, can the Secret Service even intervene? It's a paradox. If a presidential it's a nominee it's fights a- the president. <laughs> like, I don't think legally you can touch them. I don't think there's a single legal institution in the United States that can prevent the fight. And at that point, it's a battle to the death, right? I wow. mean, if they fall, I think that's enough to take one of them out. I mean, yeah, once one of them falls, it's over. But I, I feel like, I don't know, uh, I feel like if Biden rushed Trump, he could secure victory. Because I don't, th- I don't think the police can him. touch him. Trump has a mass on him, but I don't know. No, I, I mean, he would, I, all you need is the surprise. I think, I think if Trump had prep time, you know, if he knew it was going to be a mass, I think Trump wants. I mean, he, he's going to kill joe biden in that situation but i I think if joe biden if it's just like come on man and then he rushes he just he just rushes across the fucking debate stage i i think we can secure a dub because the secret service can't fucking touch him the police can't fucking touch him you have you have absolute immunity when you're the president-elect i like i liked when trump made fun of biden for wearing a mask all the time He's oh, like, I, you have it everywhere. Everywhere you go, you have the dude. mask on. He sleeps with it on, folks. <laughs> He's like, if oh, I man. was 100 feet away from you, you'd still have the mask on. Like, dude, Trump? Trump? Fuck dude, you, we're talking about, we're talking about the, the... I mean, I think Jake brought it up earlier. What a... Honestly, almost impressive. I, I You know what? I'm not even going to say almost. It is impressive, even in an <laughs> evil sort of way. The fucking sidestep. Uh, the fucking sidestep of the condemn white supremacy prompt. Uh, yeah, that was I great. mean, I mean Oof. to quote, "Sorry to bother you." He sidesteps more than the fucking Temptations. Um, I mean, he <laughs> he he really cleverly, uh, you know, switched the fucking topic or switched the focus on that one. And even I was like astonished that it wasn't like I'm sure there are pe- obviously I po- picked up on it because I have a soul. But, like, there are people out there who, like, I, I, I know did not pick up on the sidestep. And, you know, like, it, it won't register with them. And I was like, wow, he really, he's really mastered that art, apparently. I didn't know he was, was that all-timer. clever or, or, or could think off the top of his head like that. It, it, was, it was, I mean, I, I, that's probably, that probably the move that he had trained for. Oh, God, he, he must have trained. And you know what? Kudos to the training. Yeah. You know, obviously morally wrong. But you know what? If that's your job, to train him to sidestep questions of basic morality, you did your fucking job. You did your job, and you know what? You, you did it. Good job. You're good at it. I mean, fuck you, but, you know, you're good at it, you know. So there you go. Dude, when 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 Uncle Joe was talking about his son, Bo Biden, the fucking uh, his dad veteran son. <laughs> and, <laughs> Bo Biden was a veteran, right? I think so. That's I think, yeah. Like. yeah. I mean, I don't know, yeah, the, yeah. I don't know the exact details of his sons. So, yeah, you know, no, so yeah. When, uh, he was a veteran, yeah. Yeah, when Joe Biden was talking about his dead veteran son, Bo Biden, and Trump's like, but your other son's a fucking crackhead. I'm like, dude, this is an all-timer. Like, this is, this is top 10. Like, the, that, this is, this is, this is next level shit. Like, this is, I, Trump felt very, um, 
It was, it was, he looked bad. He, he looked more bronze than usual, and he was just interrupting a lot. He was like full brown. He was like full brown. Like he was, he was bronzed the fuck up. Like he was, he got touched up. But uh, he was interrupting a lot. I don't think that that doesn't uh, sit well. I mean, that doesn't look good for no. it. Like just statistically, it doesn't look good for you to interrupt someone. Uh, every fucking minute he was interrupting. He was so bad at it. He I mean, was, I, he was cracking early on and cracking for trump isn't like oh now now i look super nervous it's you know you you just you know you resort to your third grade behavior of name calling and bringing up shit that really either a isn't tangible or has been proven wrong or b has nothing to do with what the fuck you're talking about you know it's like when you 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 fucking get called out in a kickball game in second grade and we are mad, but instead of actually talking about why you're mad, you just be like, well, you're also fat and ugly and everyone hates you. You know, like, that's not actually why you're mad. You're just being a fucking child. That's literally what, like, like what I could compare his behavior to sometimes. And obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll give him this. I've seen Trump's behavior relate more to that uh, than nights like this. He didn't do that as much as I've seen him do it before. But it's fucking there, and it's literally one of the most, like, egregious things that people just overlook. They, they pretend that he's not a fucking like second grader and it, it, it drives me insane or they do know it and they don't give they don't give a shit you know like I, I, I just I don't know check my brother Sam Hohenstein's tweets he sums it up better than I can his rage is very palpable yeah. and evident I don't know if you guys follow him but he's uh, he's he's been fuming lately and usually I just like or retweet what he says because he words it better than me yeah I mean good on Chris Wallace for not crying um, you know what? He had a hard job tonight. That he was, was having that a hard is, night. I don't think I sure. could do it. I don't. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I could do what he did tonight better than he did. Of course not. No, absolutely not. I mean, when Trump was like, Trump was like, "Oh, I'm debating you now." I was like, "Oh fuck, Chris, <laughs> no, Chris, stand down, <laughs> <laughs> take me out, Chris. It's over." Uh, second debate is Steve Scully, who's a political editor at C-SPAN. That's in Florida. That that's in Florida. That's the. Oh boy. It's gonna be in the villages, the fucking private community in Florida. Let's fuck it. I mean, I, I have not been more juiced in my life, and and I cannot, I cannot overstate how unenthusiastic I am about either of these uh, candidates. I, I mean, I hate Trump. I, I just really don't care about Biden. I'll vote for him and be like, oh, epic, cool. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm just juiced out of my fucking mind to see Uncle Joe limit break to see joe come on man biden limit break and go like the entire time like full power that was a sight to behold like he did very well unironically uh, i mean i know i know i sound like super irony poisoned right now but joe biden did very well at the debate i, I, was, I was quite I impressed i mean i, I don't quite I, I don't know if you can declare winner loser of debate i don't know that. i mean I, I i'm not gonna argue like the ethics or like you know logistics of that but if I had yeah. to say who did better, and I, of course I'd say Joe Biden. I mean, he, my, my roommate Jake, to bring him up one more time, uh, and he's actually has to come on the podcast to talk about it. He's actually the most passionate about political you know, shit I've ever met. Let's get him you on know. after debate two. Oh, just you uh, wait. Just you wait, uh, we Zach. Might, we might have to. He's always got some things to say. Uh, but he, he, he made the point um, that Donald Trump, um, you know, even tonight on his website, Jake also brought that up, on his website he doesn't have campaign goals. His campaign is anti anti radical left. That's his thing. Like that's yeah. his that's his platform. He doesn't have a plan for four more years. He doesn't he doesn't say what he's gonna do the next four years. You know, like I mean, honestly, to his credit, you know, obviously fuck you, Donald Trump, but like, 
you know, in the 2016, he definitely told you what he said he was going to try to do. He definitely well, still he, doing you it. See, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's way, the thing. His he doesn't. No, no, no. That's the thing. He doesn't. He hasn't. Like even tonight, it was evident. And like on his on his website, yeah, it's still there. Like there's nothing there. He doesn't tell you what he's going to do. He doesn't have a plan. His plan isn't pro anything, uh, besides appointing that new Supreme Court judge. His his plan is just anti anti radical left, which no one in their right fucking mind would say Joe Biden is radical left. And you can argue the ethics of whether or not he should be. Of course you can. That's a separate discussion. But I, Donald Trump is is like acting like Joe Biden yeah. is radical left, and that's just like the most moronic thing I've ever heard. He like I said earlier, he's, he was planning for uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, opposition, and he didn't get it, but he didn't change his plan, or or maybe he did, uh, and he just didn't listen to his campaign managers, and he just went with like the same old, same old, easy argument. You know, radical left, you know, all that. They want chaos or whatever. It's it's it just I don't know. Sorry to go on a tangent there, but it's just it's it's baffling, and it's it's even more baffling that people can't fucking recognize it, or his base can't recognize it, or you know, it's what the more likely scenario is they recognize it, uh, and they just don't fucking care. That, I, that's, that's honestly it. I mean, you know, you say that no one in their in their right mind would think that Joe Biden is radical left, but I have a lot of co- I have a lot of political cartoons that you should check out of Joe Biden performing fellatio on like Che Guevara and shit. Oh, it's shit. quite. You know <laughs> There's a lot of really good political cartoons. It's like Joe Biden, Biden in bed. Radical left. Political it's like Joe Biden in bed with like bone of this nation. <laughs> it's like Joe Biden like in bed with like Joseph Stalin. I'm like I fucking wish, man. I fucking wish. Uh, before I, before we wrap up, before we wrap up the political shit, just just quick question because I, I brought it up a couple times uh, to to you know to my roommates tonight while watching the debate. Have you guys seen the campaign with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis? I have no. not. When I tell you it is just a, a scathingly funny satire of political campaigns in general and politics, it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, because I saw so many, so many things they were they were like making satirical jokes about tonight, and it, it I don't know. There is like I have a couple friends who are like majoring in political science, you know, government shit, and you know what? I I can respect your passion. I don't know how you think you can fucking do it. Cause this was like the most stressful shit to watch. It is frustrating. It is painful. Uh, you know, it's funny, but not really funny cause people's lives are a- actually at stake. It's just comical. Uh, but you know, it's, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm passionate about political issues, but I can't stand them at the same time. Cause it just gets me so fired up, I guess. Um, I Brian, you handle it. it you handle it better than I do because you find more humor in it, I guess. And that's that's I I I believe that is effective because you know I I'm I'm a believer that satire and humor is honestly the best way to point out the fallacy and and fucking egregious like like you know moronic behavior of some people. Um, I don't know. It gets me fired up. It gets my voice cracking, which is you know I'm sure it has been like during the podcast today because you know I've been yelling. Um, I don't know. I'm just not in an awesome mood, and I'm excited to relax uh, and talk about, yeah. um, you know, Rolling Stone albums, which you know are much more, for the most part, much more relaxing than than a political debate. Okay, I say what I'm about to say without a drop of irony. Completely serious. Let's get on to what really matters. Microsoft bought the Bethesda. Jake, thoughts. <laughs> 
I, okay. So, uh, this happened now, uh, it'd be, it'd be like uh, roughly two weeks ago by the time you're probably listening to this. And I woke up this Monday morning. I get on Twitter. First, I see this group chat I'm in on Twitter that's uh, predominantly my friends who play video games. And it's, it's 19 messages. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Something happened. Mario died. (laughs) (laughs) Mario found dead. Nintendo was trying. Did you see that tweet? They were like, it was like in France. They were like, we need new, like, we need new guy. And it was like a picture of Mario. And people were like, they're trying to, they're trying to to get rid of him. But I woke up and I was, I mean, I was shocked. I think it's awesome for Microsoft. It's awesome for the Xbox community. Um, I think it's most importantly awesome for Bethesda. Um, because they will now have the money to uh, improve their engine and their games and be less uh, on thin ice for every single fucking game they make. And like, hey, uh, we don't need to get this out by a certain date because they're just going to have more money to back them, which I think is awesome. Um, My biggest concern is as a full Sony pony, am I going to get these? Is that a thing? I've only ever heard you say it. I hear it on multiple podcasts I listen to, so I use it. But you cringe as fuck. Podcasts. Anyone who calls someone that, on our, it's cringe as hell, man. Um, but <laughs> I love it, Jake. You keep saying it, buddy. Uh, I mean, I Jake, you could say it. If anyone ever calls you that, like, fucking tell them, tell them Brian sent you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, my, my only comment is uh, I'm really interested to see what they do exclusive-wise. Um I my hypothesis is two biggest franchise Fallout and Elder Scrolls will be uh, timed exclusives on Xbox. Everything else will be Xbox exclusive. I think seven point six billion dollars, even though Microsoft is fucking huge and has a ton of money and deep uh, deep pockets. Um, I think they're going to want to make a little bit of it back, and I think doing the year exclusive still gives you a reason to buy an Xbox along with the other exclusives. Um, Brian, what's your take on the whole exclusivity thing? Uh, exclusivity, um, cool, you know, good for them. You know, they finally did something. It makes me feel like they are actually trying. Yeah. Uh, you know, Monopoly is, I'm a big fan, favorite game. <laughs> um, love just consolidation of media. I like, I like that, uh, I, I just can't wait for the, for, for Luke Skywalker to fight Alien. Uh, now that the Fox merger went through and all my movies are owned by Disney. Alien, um, Predator v. Skywalker, so I, I can't wait. I hope, I hope that continues to happen with video Jesus games. Christ, um, strategy wise... I don't think you spend seven point five billion dollars to not to to just put out like Elder Scrolls and stuff on PS Five day one. So I definitely think it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be timed exclusive. I think they'll still need to come out on PS Five to you know. I don't know. I, I figure I figure that they're just too expensive to make to not yeah. uh, put exclude because I mean these are going to be Game Pass day one. I assume. Yeah, uh, Elder Scrolls and stuff, and I think a lot of, I don't think they entirely care. I mean, I, they they can still make that money, and it's the same reason they put uh, their shit on Steam, is because sure you could, and it is much easier to do on PC than it is on console where you'd have to buy another console, but uh, they'll put Halo on Steam, and it's like yeah, you could pay sixty dollars for the Master Chief Collection, or you could just get Game Pass yeah. on PC and get it for like ten dollars a month. And I think that's what most people do. And I think that putting it on Steam is just, it adds more value to that. Because you see it's like $60 right in my face. Or I can go Game Pass. Where if it's just on Game Pass and Microsoft Store, you don't have that number in front of you. Uh, and in this case, I mean, you you could buy it. And it's harder to pull off because you have to buy an Xbox. Um, but, you know, you're on PS5 or, you know, and you could 
pay $60 for Elder Scrolls like a year after it comes out, six months after it comes out. Or you can get an Xbox and just get Game Pass. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's good for the games. Uh, I heard a lot of stuff that Bethesda was not, uh, you know, really giving the studios the time or, you know, care they needed to put out stuff. Um, you know, biggest reason is I don't think... Uh, they they were they were ever going to make another Dishonored game, and that's my favorite game <laughs> series. And you know, I was at a point in my life where I'm like, I would uh, I would do some things to get Dishonored three made. You know, some things that I that I, I that I would not be one to do. Uh, and I feel like maybe that can happen now as like a PR. I you know, honestly, I don't think anyone gives a shit about Dishonored. So what the fuck am I saying? I, I don't think this is going to be. Maybe they'll pull it out in twenty years, like they pull out blanks and shit. Uh, but no, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I think this is probably good for Bethesda Studios. Um, yeah, I, I think it's good for Microsoft. I, I don't know if they'll ever make the money back. Yeah, that I mean, <laughs> to, to put it in perspective for people who don't quite know the specific numbers, I think Disney bought Star Wars for around $4 million and uh, Microsoft spent $3.5 billion four more million. dollars than that. No, it's $4 billion. Yeah, $4 it billion, not sorry. $4 million, yeah. maybe. Wrong, right, wrong yeah. uh, letter. Um, I, got, I, got I, I would buy I, I'd buy Star Wars for four million. I just take out a loan. I could get that together. I could put that back. together. I guess I my my immediately. My closing thoughts is uh, props to Xbox. Is this is the first thing they've done that's actually made me consider like, oh, two years down the line, I might have to buy an Xbox Series S just to play uh, Wolfenstein and Doom because I love those series. Uh, and then my second yeah. question relating to this, Brian, is, I mean, it's it's kind of tangential to the main question. I. This is huge for Game Pass, but is Game Pass sustainable? I know they're not making money right now, and if they keep acquiring studios and keep putting more things exclusive to Game Pass, I'm just worried we're going to see it, it kind of change the way development works and the way studios. I feel like it is not – there's no way this can be beneficial for consumers, developers, and Microsoft. It seems a little too good to be true, and I'm kind of waiting for the ball to drop. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. A brand new territory. Uh, they're just trying to pump numbers at this point. I mean, the thing about companies and services uh, in our beautiful era of, you know, peak capitalism is that they don't need to make money, Jake. Uber doesn't make money. That's true. Spotify doesn't make money. They just have users that could eventually become money. Yeah, Spotify. Uh, <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> Man, uh, I don't know if Spotify has ever been profitable. Uh, they're only giving me a half cent every listen on the RWC and, album. Yeah, you know? and I was going to say, yeah, I no. guess that's where my concern Gosh, comes from, it. is that I know Spotify and Apple Music are pretty fucking awful for artists in terms of making money. Thank and you, Jake. Wor- we appreciate your support. As artists, <laughs> we appreciate that. It it genuinely worries me where this go. Where what would happen to video games in that case? Because I know a lot of artists are now making their money off of tours, more so than actual like yep. album sales and money they're Jay making. Cole from, said. Yeah, That's making money Cole from said. streaming service. So where do video games make money? I guess still physical sales, but if Game Pass becomes something that's mainstream enough and lucrative enough, I I don't know. It just it concerns me long term, but I guess we'll we'll just see what happens. Uh yeah, I don't think Microsoft ever um completely game Netflixifies uh the game industry because First, you'd need to have Game Pass on Sony, and it doesn't look like Sony is interested in doing that or making their own, really. Yeah. Uh, they're just holy dog shit at it. Um, <laughs> I, they just don't do it, is the thing. Um, 
They have like PS Now, but it's like, hey, do you want to play God of War like three years after it came out? I'm like, not. God of really? I, I downloaded the free trial because I wanted. It was in the mood to play Sly Cooper this summer, and uh, fucking Sly Cooper was chugging. He was uh, moving like a snail on my TV, so I said, "Fuck this!" And I yeah, the yeah, you need the good connection. Can, can I ask a quick question? Um, yes. yes. Have we recorded since God of War Ragnarok was announced? No, we have no, not. we haven't. I we have not. I had pleasant re- news. <laughs> Obviously, inevitable news that we all knew was coming. Yeah. But pleasant news, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not going to get too much into it because we're we're I think two weeks exactly to or two weeks tomorrow out from the PlayStation event. Um, I just want to give top level thoughts. I was very entertained by it. Very confused as to why PlayStation left some things out. I think they had this uh, sitting for like two to three weeks and they were just waiting for Xbox because no Demon Souls release date, no release date on Spider-Man, no pre-order information. It was just very weird and confusing. Yeah, I I do not. Yeah, I think (laughs) with the Microsoft leak, uh, they... Yeah, uh, they they did not have a lot of stuff ready. So they had Jeff Keighley say, "Hey, pre-order here tomorrow," and then all the pre-order people broke I, street date, and it was very bad. I actually, uh, I want to. Can I share my pre-order story? Have I talked to you yeah. about this? Yeah, um, I got to talk about mine too. So, actually. I, uh, I I guess I just I don't have much to say about my week, but I'm gonna incorporate it into this. Um, my uh, alley has been super sweet and kind of surprised me twice to come down and see me. And so she came down uh, the day of the PlayStation event and her, me, and my roommate watched it. And it was super great. Final Fantasy, awesome. Uh, Harry Potter, fuck J.K. Rowling, but uh, kind of cool, I guess. Um, Demon Souls. Shit name. Yeah. Hogwarts Legacy? What Not a great. dog shit name for a fucking product of any kind. Um, I was telling, Brian, I believe I was it, telling Brian this week, this, it felt like a placeholder name until you came out with something better and then the game was made and they were promoting <laughs> yeah. it and they realized someone woke up and was like, oh my god. It's like like realizing you left Hog- the stove on at home. It's You're Hogwarts like, oh my Legacy. God, I never changed the name before we we, 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 we promoted it. Like, oh my I, god. It, yeah. it makes sense because so your other, like, if you're listing, name the top five things you remember from Harry Potter. Harry Potter would be number one. Hogwarts would be number two. And you can't name the game Harry Potter because it doesn't have Harry Potter in it. So they said, we're going to go with the building. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed that event. Excited that it was $500 because if it was $600, I was going to debate pre-ordering it. Um, I no. was like, okay. But you would have anyway. Hogwarts is pretty anyway. cool, to be fair. <laughs> Hogwarts has the paintings that talk and the stairs that move and all those, like... You know the chambers cool. of secrets and all this, like the, all the weird shit that can hurt students on any given day that they just know about but keep there because you know it's mystifying and cool for stories. Hogwarts is dope like that. I love that. It is. Yeah. Um, so I, the event ends. I was like, oh, no pre-order information. That's weird. Um, I'm checking Twitter and then I see Jeff Keeley dropping that hot news that pre-orders are gonna drop the next day. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm gonna be up till midnight anyway. I'm gonna be sitting by computer. All the websites open. Then um, I set my phone down. Um, me and Allie watch some Legend of Korra. I get up to check my phone. And, oh, pre-orders happened 45 minutes ago. And they're yeah. all gone. And I was they're, they're gone, fucking folks. pissed. I was upset that Sony, one, didn't tell us that uh, fucking businesses screwed people over and said, we're just going to do this early. Um, then I said, okay, just in case they come back in stock or Amazon opens up, I'm turning on Warrior 64 notifications. Um, you gotta, you I, gotta. I gotta know when Transistor goes down to $3 on yes, Switch again. First. I'm watching Legend of Core again. My phone buzzes. Um, this was right after I just uh, told Allie about how upset I was because of everything. And she goes, you should check your phone. I was like, no, it's not. It's fucking gonna be Slack or 
uh, canvas. I don't need to check it. She goes, check your phone. She grabbed my phone. She goes, it's Amazon. I fucking like launch myself across the room, pull up my computer, ordered it within 30 seconds. Um, yes, Amazon sent out that email saying, hey, we don't know if you're going to get it on time, but I have one pre-ordered, so I'll probably at least get it in November or the beginning of December, so I'll take it. Yeah. My pre-order story, a little bit um, less epic. Uh, actually, it's more epic. Can't um, so I, I signed up for like Sony's weird ass fucking. We're we're gonna we're gonna check your uh, Sony uh, social credit score, uh, and maybe you'll have the opportunity to buy a PS5 pre-order. Mm. Uh, so I signed up for that like last month. Then they sent me like an email like uh, two weeks before the pre-order. They're like, "Hey, you got the fucking uh, you got the you got the infamous platinum. You own Sound Shapes twice. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a real one, dude." Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I signed. You buy all our shit. I signed up for the same thing as well. I mean, my brother and I have had a joint PSN account since 2008, and uh, we got the email. But what pisses me off about that is I would have done that because I honestly trust Sony more to get me the system than Amazon. If you give me that program, you need to fucking send those out before the other pre-orders go out. I would have done the Sony way, but I didn't have a choice because I wasn't going to risk Sony not emailing me. <sighs> Dude, I mean, the the Sony shit was crazy. So I got that little fucking special boy. We think you're dumb enough to buy enough games on this for it to be <laughs> worth it to give it to you. Uh, and they're right. I am. Uh, there's not a single game I see on the PS5 launch lineup that I say, I want to play that. N- nothing. Not a single fucking Demon thing. Demon Souls doesn't uh, do it for you? It's, no. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert here. Are you saying... I mean, I haven't even played the first one. Before I heard, it's pretty cool, and it looks really fun. Are you saying that the Miles Morales game doesn't look that cool to you? I'm just trying to... It looks cool to me, but I remember... I'm it because I haven't played the first one. No. It looks cool to me, but I don't know. Is that not It looks cool to me. Play? It, it looks like something I'm going to play and definitely uh, be stupid and buy. Uh, but I'm, I'm not excited about it, really. I, I mean, I, I tried playing the Spider-Man DLC, and I said, this is not nearly as fun as swinging around and not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, to your point, Zach, um, uh, Miles Morales and Demon's Souls are... I mean, I would have bought the console regardless, but those are the two games I am very excited for. But uh, Miles Morales on PS4 announced after yeah. the conference, which is, yeah. I don't care, it's fine with me, but um, yeah, so I mean, like, PS4. there's... There's really so it's Horizon. It's weird. Yeah. They said they believed in generations. Oh, everyone's uh, been and flipping. then they don't. My, they don't actually. Microsoft don't. gaming for everyone. Fucking everyone switched marketing things. Every anything yeah. anyone says for marketing is a fucking lie. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, and I I got that, and and then I tried to do it like first thing in the morning. I said, "Damn, it's not working. It just sends me an endless loop." And I think I, I figured it out. That's because I was signing in to my Japanese PlayStation account. Uh, and for some reason, that's just not a region that they sold to for this particular thing, which is weird because it's a Japanese company. Regardless, uh, I then signed in at like 6 p.m. I tried again at like 6 p.m. And they were still fucking available like 10 hours after Damn. Like they opened. And I just I, I logged on, bought it, and they said, yeah, you get it day one. Promise. Yeah, said, that's I, awesome. Thanks, Sony. I, <laughs> it was so fucking easy. I don't I sh- get it. I it's like canceled my Amazon and just done the Sony thing. I just didn't want to yeah. go through the hassle, but I, I mean, the worst the worst part about the uh, the Sony thing is that as you scroll down to buy it, they like we have Sackboy Adventure, Demon Souls, and Miles Morales. And then as I'm going to purchase it, I realize that I don't give a shit about any of these games and don't really <laughs> want to buy it. And then I it wasn't fast enough in my brain. I still bought it. So, we're chilling. They immediately put it in the cart. 
No, I did it. Okay. I did it. No, I you're the me synapses so in my brain didn't fire it. fast enough to say, you don't want this fucking thing. It's a dumb looking console and you don't like any of the games. And I bought it anyways, because I'm a fucking winner. There you go. I'm a yeah. goddamn winner. And I didn't get that. I didn't play sound shapes for nothing. To okay. quote Rick Sanchez, <laughs> Brian, you, you looked in the bleeding eyes of capitalism and you said, yes, daddy, please. I bought Ghost of Tsushima day one. I don't like it, but I bought it. I got that shit, folks. You, you'll see me. You'll see me complaining. Yeah, and you know what? I buy all this shit day one. They know I'm dumb enough. Podcasting. It's gonna make for good podcasting. They know I'm dumb enough. Things to complain about. I I could have paid. I could have paid four hundred and got the digital thing. I've never bought a PS5 case. <laughs> I, I don't know what they. I don't know what PS4 games look like. I've never played a physical one. But I'm like. What if I need to play a Blu-ray? One of the one of the two Blu-rays I own. What if I want to play it? That's a tangible concern. Exactly, and so of course it's going to be worth the extra hundred twenty dollars with tax to watch (laughs) the Night of Short Walk On Girl again for the fifth time on my (laughs) PS Five. Hell yes, Um, dude! Oh my god, I sorry. No, this is related because we got the fucking Last of Us Day. Let's celebrate the day the world goes to shit. Thank you, Naughty Dog. They put out more goddamn gifts. I'm, Guys, I'm sorry, I almost Brian. got banned from Twitter. I almost hey, got can, banned. I well, almost. I'm just. Gonna, I'm gonna plead. I'm gonna plead here with my whole heart and soul. Can we not today? No. I don't have. No. Me to I'm talk doing it right now because I've fully of, formed of my teams. I'm in a good Last no, of Us I've, mood. I got my roommate Noah to start playing Last of Us. I watched him play the first. It's a good game. I watched the opening again. It's it's sad and beautiful. It's just well done. I'm good I'm, game. Such a, I'm such in a good Last of Us mood, and this is just gonna bring me down. Can we not? Hey, no, no. God. Last of Us, great game. Last of Us, great game. But I fully formed my thoughts on this. It's taken me like three months. But, you know, let, let's just... Whatever. It's like... Man, like, we got Neil Druckmann. He's retweeting fucking Jeff Kanata's garbage take that it's the Schindler's List of video games. It's like, hey, you know that character that got, like, fucking brutally killed? Here's them doing the Drake dance. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, Neil Druckmann comes in after you model someone's head getting caved in. He's like, hey, can you can you make Joel open his mouth like this? It just made me mad, man. I almost got banned. I I, I tweet I typed out a, a threat of violence and deleted it. I'm sorry. That's all I had to say. I saw it again. I saw IGN. It was on my feed for like two days, Zach. I couldn't escape it. I know. It was just I, people I saw retweeting it. I saw it and I got upset. I got upset and, and, and anxious, not because the, the gifs personally offend me. I can see your argument, but because I knew that somewhere out there in in like in Columbia, Missouri, Brian Woods was going to read uh, this tweet and see this gif and just be triggered beyond all recognition. And I just, I, I just was not looking forward to that reaction. It makes me more mad than anything. <laughs> <laughs> Good. God, are we ready for the Rolling Stone? I I don't know what it is. I don't know I, what it is. I, I, I don't listen to, to music. You, I skimmed through it, so Zach, you're gonna have to take the reins all on right, this all one. All right. So Rolling Stone, uh, obviously, everyone here, if you're listening to this, if you if you somehow do not know what Rolling Stone magazine is, they started out as a music publication magazine. I'm pretty sure, but you know, they they talk about other things too. That's fine. Uh, in 2003, they released a top 500 albums list. Um, I don't remember if I read that one or not. What I do remember is that Sergeant at, at Pepper. Three years old. <laughs> no, well, I'm sure I read it after the fact, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was probably three or four. Uh, you know, I know that Sergeant Pepper's only Hearts Club band, the Beatles album uh, from 1966 or seven, I think six, probably seven. I don't know. Uh, was not the number one spot. 
Uh, it was not the number one spot this time. Sorry for the spoilers. Uh, Jesus they is updated King it. Number one. He sure was. Let's actually, go. Speaking of number one, I actually had a good time with Photoshop. Thank you, uh, Mizzou uh, Stratcom classes, and made RWC the album the number one spot and tweeted it. <laughs> that, that was a was good fun. tweet. Yeah, that, that was quite good. All right. Yeah, that took me longer than it should have. I probably should have been listening more in class. Um, but uh, yeah, so they, they instead of like, oh, we're going to take new albums and just like see where they fit in, they, they just started from scratch, which I think is the right thing to do. You know, perspectives change uh, throughout time. Um, I did some research on how they uh, accumulated the list. They uh, reached out to a wide, like a really wide variety of artists, you know. Uh, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, uh, etc. You know, uh, stuff like that. And uh, they asked them to like vote in their top fifty albums, and uh, they curated it from there. Uh, with like you know, closer to the top that I was voted, the more points it gets. Uh, so that's how they curated. They had like a panel of Rolling Stones, like a large panel of Rolling Stones uh, writers to contribute to it. <clears throat> so the new list is not affected by the O three one. Completely new. Uh, and you can definitely tell there's a lot more diversity on it, which I, I obviously I think we all can agree is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and this definitely was a diverse list. I don't think anyone's going to accuse it of being otherwise dominated by any particular genre or uh, you know anything like that. Um, so yeah, 500 albums. It's thick. It's thick as hell. Um, I didn't read it in one sitting. Um, I did keep track as I went of how many of them I have actually listened to all the way through. Of the 500 albums on there, I have only listened to 110 of them all the way through. So it's actually kind of cool that I can like actually like see which ones. It is a cool guide to see like, okay, these are albums that I might have heard of or may not have heard of. You know, there are some of them that I had not heard of, but I read the descriptions for them. Like that sounds intriguing. Um, that I, I actually look forward to listening to. And even after I read it, I listened to a few that were on there that I had not listened to yet, and I'm glad I did. They're really good albums. For example, uh, "Fine Line" by Harry Styles came out last year. I had not listened to it. It was on. It was on the list. "Fine Line" by really? Harry Styles was four ninety one. I don't um, think and it should I be on that list. It. Uh, you know, maybe it shouldn't. But you know what? I actually <laughs> liked it a lot. Um, I listened to it today, and I liked the album a lot. Um, you know, it's not one of my top albums ever, but you know, I'm sure if I, you know, made a list of five hundred albums, obviously people at Rolling Stone know more albums than me. It'd probably be there. But you know, uh, it's. It was cool. So, like, stuff, that's just, that's just one example. Uh, the number one album on the list, I don't want to spoil it for, I guess we're going to spoil it. If you're, if yeah. you're listening to this, you've probably read the list. Um, the number one album on there was What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Um, I had obviously, I had only heard the song What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. It's the, the title track of the album, obviously. Um, awesome song. So I listened to the whole album today. And, you know, I'm not going to say it's my favorite album ever. I'm not going to say it should be number one. But, um... Awesome. I'm glad that I read this article because it made like you know it motivated me motivated me to listen to this album, and I'm really glad that I did. It was an incredible album. It's, the whole thing is so cohesive. It's like nine songs, and it all stems from the first song in a way that it all feels like it's at one big party. It's amazing, you know. So like there there are things like that that I think in articles like this are fun for me, and also ranking things in general is something that I think is fun because it, it you know it uh, promotes discussion and debate, which I think is fun for things like pop culture, not politics, even though they're productive. We already went over that. Um, so yeah, Rolling Stone article, overall, I didn't have a lot of grievances with it, but it was a fun read for me. Um, I, I wrote down some notes as I read through it a second time uh, of things that were interesting to me. Um, Jake, do you have anything you want to say before we like go into our thoughts on it? Um, on the list or on our yeah. list? Oh, no. Do you have anything to say about the Rolling Stone list? Um, I, 
I appreciate the time and effort that is put into this, especially asking people in the industry to give their own opinions. I think that forms a more rounded outlist. Um, I think it is cool because I know there are times where new music, none of it is vibing with me. And these are the lists I go to. I search top albums of all time and I pull up this list and I start. I start from some point and I say, let's find 10 albums that I've never listened to. Um, right. yeah, that's, it's, it's really cool and productive in that way. I yeah, like I that. did that about three or four years ago. Um, I listened to uh, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors because of lists like that. I listened to an yes. album I will I will get to on my uh, my list of albums of all time, um, one that is in my top three. Um, it was cool to see some more modern stuff on there, to see uh, Kendrick on there multiple times, to see uh, Kanye uh, on there, to see Beyonce on there, to see Frank Ocean on there. Um, shocked to see things like Harry Styles there, though cool as reflective of the times and what's popular, because I do think he occupies his own space. Um, yeah, cool stuff. Appreciate doing such a comprehensive list of music. Right. Yeah, I'm sure this take it took forever, and you know, like I said, kudos to them for starting from scratch, because you know, no, that's that's a big undertaking. Uh, you know, just before we get into our own list, because just to preface this. Uh, uh, Jake and I have our own, like I think, top fifteen list of albums that we're gonna do after this that we'll we'll skim through pretty fast. Um, uh, a couple notes I wrote down: uh, Lord's album Melodrama was there at four sixty one. I had never listened to it beyond the the lead single Green Light, which I think is an awesome fucking song. Uh, uh, saw that awesome concert. Song. That shit. You was saw free. Lord live. I uh, in my senior year. I was. Uh, I was in sad boy times during February and yeah. I was sitting in class. Well, not in class. I was doing fucking teacher aid and I was sitting with my friends studying and I was like, huh? I was like, fuck, I think Lord's in St. Louis. And I looked up and it was $27 for Lord oh and run God. the jewels. And oh my God, yes, I wish that I is who she was with. And it was at the Chaffetz arena. And I texted some friends. I was like, Hey, do you guys want to go tonight? And I got three friends. Me, uh, me and three other dudes went to go see Lord and Run the Jewels, and uh, both were fucking great. Lord was incredible. Run the Jewels was incredible. Um, it was an incredible concert. Jesus, that sounds amazing. I'm really. I, side note, really quick. I'm really excited for Rage Against the Machine to uh, re- reannounce like a new date for their postponed concert mm. in St. Louis with Run the Jewels because I will pay whatever amount they put on paper to see them and run the jewel five thousand dollars no i won't pay that because i don't have it. But any amount that i have I will like that is like a once in a lifetime experience that i i'm sure i will not trade for the world whatever it, I, it occurs to me my you know i don't miss live music because i never went to it <laughs> oh, i kind of wish i, I did it. i recommend it I kind of wish I did. Concerts, at least in my experience, have been very hit and hit or miss because you. It depends on. I mean, yeah, it depends on who you go with. I think because if other people aren't as enthusiastic as you are, it can lessen the experience. I think it depends on how much of the 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 singer is a performer. What type of music right. you're going to see? They have to be I mean, passionate about performing. They have to be passionate about performing. Weezer, for example, not passionate about performing. The two times <laughs> I've seen them, it wasn't like a one-time thing. They were they didn't all have colds the first night I saw them because the second time I saw them, boring as fuck. You know I like Weezer, but yeah, boring performance. Now to counter that, Green Day I saw twice. Both times you can tell they are passionate as fuck about performing. The fucking sweat literally like hit me in the face just from off stage. I was in the pit both times and like it it. If they are passionate about what they're doing, it is a lot more fun for you to enjoy as a concert goer. And that is just, you know, that's just logic. 
Are we ready to give our lists? Um, just a couple quick notes, I guess. I have a few other things here. Uh, I don't want to skew too negative because, you know, who wants to be negative? But what the fuck is Britney Spears' Blackout doing at 441? I haven't <laughs> listened to the album. I know a couple singles off it. But, I mean, God bless Britney Spears as a person. I know she's had a rough go of it. And, you know, she was used by the industry and whatnot. Um, she doesn't have a good voice. Uh, she doesn't write her songs. Like, I don't know how she's at 441. And I only say that because Kid Cudi, Man on the Moon, was at 461. And they're going to tell me there is a Britney Spears album that is better than Man on the Moon? I don't think so. <laughs> I really doubt it. All right, either way, moving on. I don't want to skew negative. Uh, I was really a big fan that Billie Eilish was there at 397 with uh, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Jake, I know you love that album. Um, awesome album. Yeah, glad to see that there. Uh, you know, Taylor Swift, she had two albums on there, 1989. I think that might be my favorite Taylor Swift album. That's at 393. That's cool. Uh, I wouldn't argue that at all. Uh, then she has another album, Red. That's her uh, fourth studio album at 99. Uh, oh, wow. I love Taylor Swift. I, I love Taylor Swift. Not one soul would ever say that I don't. They know that it's like it's a stand situation for me. I love her. What the fuck is Red doing there at 99? Like that? I mean, I love her, but okay. I mean, 1989 is better than that. And okay, either way, that that was a generous ranking. Red, um, Red is the "We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together" album, correct? Yeah, and I like the okay. hybrid it is of country and pop. It's definitely the biggest transition album uh, that she has there. Uh, it makes sense. There's a lot of filler on it, though. That would be my thing. Or at least a decent amount. Way too much for it to be at 99, put it that way. Um, good album overall. I'm not saying it's a bad album, but that that was generous. Um, Tame Impala Currents. Love seeing that there at 382. Uh, it seems like a lot of my friends love that album. Like A lot of people that are into different genres, too. Like People that appreciate all genres like Currents. It's a really fucking cool album. Um, Jake, do you, album um, seems to transcend... Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Um, to bring up Kanye, he had a lot of albums on it. Um, 808s at 244. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> fascinating. Not my favorite Kanye album. I know it has a big impact on the genre, uh, so maybe that's part I, of why yeah, I mean, it's there. But overall, I think arguably it's his weakest his album most, besides Jesus is King. Uh, arguably, I would disagree with that, but I, I think it's arguably his most influential in terms of what what hip hop R and B and rap semi looks like nowadays, yeah. is mostly what, because of that album. What Kanye did with 808s, I think Drake did better with Take Care, and a good segue into Drake. Take Care, Drake's album Take Care at ninety five. But here's oh, the thing: fuck. nothing was the same. Which I think personally, I think is a far superior album. Is not on the list. Uh, I, if you're reading this, it's too late. It was at 367. Another album I think is inferior to uh, Nothing Was the Same. Take Take Care kind of feels like a, a pity throw to Drake because he, as a person and as an artist, is so huge. They felt to put him high, not necessarily the album itself. Yeah, it, fe- it felt it's definitely the most Drake album because it's got a really good mix of R&B type songs and actual like rap type songs. So I get that. It's definitely the most Drake album. I just think Nothing Was the Same overall is a better collection of songs. And it has his honest in my opinion his best song with Hold On We're Going Home. I think that's his best song. Uh I think it's incredible. Um let's see anything else here? Um Yeah, not a huge deal. Uh Slim Shady LP by Eminem at 352. Uh, and Marshall Mathers LP was up even higher. Um, 
but no Eminem show, which I think is superior to Slim Shady LP by like a huge fucking margin. Um, and I guess before I wrap up, uh, the biggest snubs for me, like albums that I really thought would be there and like think should be there. Uh, Me Against the World by Tupac, I think, is his best album, and it wasn't even there. And like to be considered the like the best out al- like rapper of all time, and to only have one album on the list, I think, is surprising and ridiculous. Um, it didn't have Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by Smashing Pumpkins. I love AT Aliens by Outkast, Eminem Show by Eminem, obviously Verse by Pearl Jam, Absolution and Black Holes of Revelations by Muse, uh, Nothing Was the Same by Drake. Uh, the self-titled Sublime album, and, and no Gorillaz albums either. No Demon Days or Plastic Beach. Those were my biggest snubs that uh, snuck, like, stuck out to me off the bat reading the uh, the list. Did Was there anything there that you like really loved that wasn't there, Jake? I, I mean, I went through the entire list, but I did not take extensive notes that you did. Nothing that, nothing that I felt like was left out. I mean, all the albums that I adore that I feel should be included on a list like this were on there, so not too upset. All right. All right, cool, cool. Overall, I like the list. Uh, you know, what my number one and two aren't, like, what their number one and two are. You know, what's going on in Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, which I actually just listened to recently before the list even came out. Um, and, you know, I like the album a lot. It's actually grown on me in the two weeks since I've listened to it. Obviously, still wouldn't put it at my number two, but, you know, um, that just goes to show, like, like the purpose list like this can have, like, it if you hadn't listened to it yet, you probably should listen to it given its placement, even if you don't agree with it. It's probably got some merit for how high it is. Um, but yeah, to go in, uh, like our last thing for the episode, Jake and I did a, um, top, did you do 15? I top did 15. 15 albums. Uh, Shit, I, I did 500. Oh, <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> we might have to release our first content cube article. Uh, but yeah, uh, we have, I have 20, but I'll just, name the other five as honorable mentions and not really talk about them because this was honestly like a really fucking hard task for me uh to narrow it down and i still had so many that i wanted to bring up that i i just won't i guess um but jake you can go first uh and i'm sure after we you can we can say what we think about each album really shortly and if uh if we have some that overlap we can talk about those after too yeah i i don't think they're will be too much overlap there might be um i was going <laughs> through I, I was going through my apple music and i was like i mean i listen to an okay amount of music some would say more than others some would say i'm a noob in terms of music listening um but i was surprised how easy it was to i mean there were some that i felt like i was not including but just to pick out 15 albums that mean a lot to me i mean this isn't like what i would consider maybe the 15 best of all time but my 15 favorites um and I'm, I'm not going to say really, there's some I'll probably touch on a little bit, but I'm just going to run through the list quickly because I'm not, I'm not quite educated on music enough to give important different takes on these albums. So um, number 15, uh, my favorite album, Saturation 2, Brockhampton. Oh, okay. um, I think it is their strongest album. It doesn't really have too many misses. Um, I think it, all of them at their peak, all of them uh, have some of their best verses on this album. Great album. I'm um, number 14, Brighter Wounds by Sun Lux. Um, I don't know why. It's this orchestral alt pop music, and it just weirdly hits for me. Um, number 13, Favorite Worst Nightmare, Arctic Monkeys. Um, number 12, Care For Me by Saba. It has um, what I think is the best written song uh, that I've ever heard, uh, Prom Slash King. Um, number 11, Damn, Kendrick Lamar. I put this on there. Um, I think 
to pimp a butterfly is incredible, but it is not on my list because I don't think it quite has the uh, re-listen ability as damn because it is just inherently uh, just a lot, um, which is, I think it is an amazing album, but it is not is not quite what I want to listen to all the time. Um, number 10, Morbid Stuff by Pop. Uh, pop. It is a pop, pop, pop punk album that is just a lot of fun. Number 9, 20 to a Million by Bonnie Vare. Uh, number Gotta eight. listen to that one. It's fantastic. Um, number eight, College Dropout, Kanye West. Um, number seven, AM, Arctic Monkeys. Number six, Melodrama Lord. Um, I didn't ask Zach. Just did you listen like, to that today. Did oh, you like I it? I fucking loved it, dude. I, I mean, so obviously, Green Light good. is still my favorite. But, you know, like, uh, even the second song on the album, I was like, oh my God, I'm dealing sober? with something awesome here. Sober? The fucking so outro good. on Sober, incredible. Lord is like, I, I started, the second I finished the album today, I started not to go too off topic here, but I started looking up like Lord album three. I'm so excited for another album. Like I'm oh, literally, I think she is like, besides like a new Rihanna album, uh, because anti was fucking awesome. Anti I is very am, good. Actually, I'm looking forward to, to a new Lord album more than any other pop star out there. Listen to anti for the first time last week. Um, very good. Oh my um, God. I could talk about that all day. Yeah. Melodrama. Um, I think. I think it is an incredible pop album. I think Rider in the Dark is beautiful. Liability, beautiful. Um, she's great. Probably going to get a new album next year. Can't wait. Uh, number five, I Love You, Honey Bear by Father John Misty. Um, I think he is a very funny lyricist. I think he has a lot of interesting things to say uh, and it, pretty different from any other artist out there. Uh, number four, Is This It by The Strokes. Um, I mean, just a... A, a cool yeah, return to, to. I've been meaning to get into the Strokes for sure. Oh my I know god! Your, your enthusiasm has been palpable, and I'm actually pretty excited to listen to them. I'm sure that's like a band that will be really easy for me to get into. It is really fucking great. Number three, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, David Bowie. I just uh, listened to that. Like I said, I think I recommended that a few weeks ago. I yeah. just listened to that for the first time because I got the vinyl uh, for my birthday from my neighbor because he's like, I guess he's a David Bowie guy. I also got an autobiography about, or not autobiography, but just a biography about David Bowie, and that album was definitely the highlight of all the david bowie albums i've been listening yeah. to in the past like oh, few weeks it Fucking is awesome album i think it is definitively it is both his best and honestly his most accessible um i think uh fuck uh i forget uh hunky dory is my second favorite album of his hunky um, but, dory had has uh i didn't know changes was yep. a David Bowie song. Yes, it I is. only Number knew it from Shrek Two. And the second it started oh, on really? Hunky Dory, yeah, <laughs> I only knew it from Shrek, Shrek Two. And it started, and I was like, I know this piano. Bum, 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 and then I was bum, like, bum, Oh bana. my god, I know this song. So <laughs> I was like amped. I was so amped because um, I hadn't heard it since Shrek Two. This was the album I had mentioned that um, I found because I was looking at top albums of all time, and this was uh, in the top ten of almost every single list I looked at, and it fucking deserves it. Um, incredible. Uh, number two, Blonde by Frank Ocean. Pretty um, awesome album. Pretty awesome yeah. album. I, I don't... One I, of the best... I, my second favorite voice out there today besides Miguel. Yeah, he... In, incredible voice, incredible uh, spot in the industry. He kind of just has a stream of, consciousness, stream of consciousness way of writing that I find very uh, enthralling and relatable in a weird way. Um, that album's great. And my number one, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, uh, Kanye. Um, just, I mean, him at the peak of his game. Uh, fucking maximalist balls to the wall. Love it. Runaway. Incredible. That's it. That's my. That's list. Your, that was your number one. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I love that. Yep. I would not argue that at all. Um, I fucking grinded away tirelessly at this out like this list today. I even re-listened to a few of the albums that made it on here to decide between like rankings and what makes it on there or not. Uh, I ended up getting it down to twenty. 
Um, and even that was painful as shit. I guess I won't list the ones that didn't even make it into the 20, and I'll just maybe, like, quote tweet this episode with, like, <laughs> the ones that didn't make it, because I feel like such a need to mention them. Uh, I'll just list the 20 through 16 as honorable mentions and not really talk about them, because um, you did 15. Uh, 20, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, that's a double album. 19, uh, Untitled, also known by some people as Led Zeppelin 4 by Led Zeppelin, obviously. It's the one with, like, Stairway to Heaven and, like, Black Dog and all that. Uh, 18, Marshall Mathers LP by Eminem. 17, The White Album by The Beatles. And 16, The Stranger by Billy Joel. Uh, so th- I guess those are my honorable mentions with actual ranking, so I guess they're not really honorable mentions. Um, but 15 for my actual top 15, Good Kid, Matt City by Kendrick Lamar. Uh, he is such a good storyteller on this album. He really paints a picture of where he was at in his life uh, growing up in Compton. It It's so vivid, um, and it's the songs are, like, just so... They hold up so well, and every part of it is just interesting. Like, even the songs that you wouldn't expect to be interesting, like, he's just talking about this girl he liked in his neighborhood on the first track called Shireen, and it just, like, it draws you in. Uh, and, like, even, like, the little skits at the end of songs... Like, with, like, what you would assume is his mom and dad. Uh, just, like, they really paint the picture for you of what it was like for him. And it's honestly uh, just such an enjoyable, cohesive album. I'm probably going to say the word cohesive a lot during this list because uh, <laughs> it's it's a really cool quality for me. But, yeah, Good Kid, Mad City, 15 by Kendrick Lamar. I think it's his best album. But, yeah, like Drake, or like Jake said, um, Damn and Pimp a Butterfly are also awesome. 14, the Blue Album by Weezer. Um, it's the only Weezer album that I can say full, wholeheartedly I absolutely love. Ten White songs. Album. White Album is also really good. But I think Blue <laughs> Album is, like, White Album's top five for me, but Blue Album is my undisputed number one for Weezer. Um, it's their first one, 1994. You know, Buddy Holly, Say It Ain't So, Undone. But their best song on that one for me is uh, Only in Dreams. Like, the last one on it has one of the best outros I've ever ever heard uh, in music. Me and my brother Ben just absolutely blast blast the speakers to it every time it comes on. Um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Red Hot Chili Peppers is my number 13. Uh, I guess the, the two most popular songs from that one would be like Give It Away and Under the Bridge, which is their, their most popular song. But overall, the whole album is like 17 songs, and it's just like it's a really funky album and super cohesive, and every single song just like grooves so well. And it's really hard not to have a good time listening to it. Even like the more sensitive ones, like Under the Bridge and another one I could have lied is an amazing song on it. Uh, Twelve, Absolution by Muse. Um, the whole song, or the whole album is about the end of the world, and it is such like a palpable feeling and theme throughout the whole album. Um, I just I can't recommend it enough. It's their best album. I think Muse just finds a way to make everything so so epic. Uh, and that sounds conceited and like stupid and childish, but if you listen to it, you'll know what I mean. It's absolutely incredible. Listen to Time Is Running Out, and if you don't want to listen to that album after you hear that song, then I guess you know go ahead, don't listen to it because that song is so fucking cool. I have um, seen Muse in concert; they oh, yeah. are energized. Good time. Oh yeah, saw them a couple times. Uh, the time I saw them in Chicago, like in an actual like state like um, arena, so like enclosed. The production they had was the best production I've ever seen for any concert. Absolutely blew my mind during the Drones tour. Uh, Lots of lights. 11, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, uh, an album Jake brought up earlier. It blew my mind. I knew a couple songs right off the bat that I know I would know coming in, like The Chain and Go Your Own Way and Dreams. Uh, Other songs on the album that I I knew that I didn't know I already knew. And I heard it, and I was like, oh, my God, I know this song. Like, uh, Don't Stop and uh, 
I don't want to know. And the whole the whole cool thing about the album is Fleetwood Mac at the time, I believe, I might be wrong here, five members, four of which were couples. Like, as in, like, there are two couples that were in the band, and both of those couples were breaking up during the album. And that is literally the theme of the album, is literally just breaking up and going your own way. Not to, No pun intended with the song, Go Your Own Way. But literally, that is that is what it is, and it's so honest and brutal, and it's so real knowing that these breakups were actually happening, not just because their band members are in the band going like breaking up, but they're breaking up with each other, and they're still playing the songs about their own breakups written by people who are breaking up with them. It is such like a, a cool concept, and so honest and cool. Um, number 10, Not at the Opera by Queen. Um, you know, that has Bohemian Rhapsody, You're My Best Friend, those are the big hits from it. But the whole album is so cohesive, it's so, like, grand, and, like, if you see the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, they talk about it a lot. The whole album is so interesting, each song is so distinct, and, you know, you have epic songs like Prophet Song and Bohemian Rhapsody, and you have more delicate songs like Love of My Life, it is such a good album, and Freddie Mercury is just an absolute icon. Uh, Nine, What's the Story, Morning Glory by Oasis, uh, is just full with, full of hits, so cohesive, and it's, it's honestly, it's the songwriting ability on display by like the Gallagher brothers, even though they're fucking assholes in real life. One's like conceited as hell, and one's an anti-masker. Uh, you know, they're 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 assholes. But um, they're no one's ever gonna say they can't write good songs. Says Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, Champagne, Supernova, Supernova, uh, absolutely awesome, awesome album. Uh, eight, Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Every the whole the whole album is designed to be listened to in a loop. The, the last song of the album is designed to segue directly into the first song. And it, there's an overture at the beginning, and all of it is absolutely perfect. Um, it's sonic as hell. Um, you know, it's... You, you almost have to listen to it to know what I'm talking about, because it's hard to describe. But it's ten, ten tracks, and it is just an overall experience. It's meant to be listened to all at once, more than any other album I've ever heard. It is so impressive. Seven is uh, Jake's number one, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Uh, by Kanye West, like the most epic hip hop album I've ever heard. I mean, this guy, you can say what you, you want about him as a person. I will not argue with him, argue with you. I mean, he is, uh, he's done some shitty things and this album isn't, is not an apology of some of his behavior, uh, but it's definitely an acknowledgement of it. Um, yeah. and it's every song on it feels huge and it, and it, earns its its status as like a huge type song and it's so impressive and it's it's an artist at the peak of his powers honestly he says he's a creative genius like the best artist of all time he has said that before i don't know if i'd say that but he definitely earns himself like a spot in the conversation with this album if nothing else uh number six Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles. They were tired of being the Beatles with all the fame and that, all that shit, so they decided to label themselves as another band with this album. And each song is so eccentric in its own way. Um, it's just absolutely fascinating to listen to. It's so cohesive. It's amazing. Uh, A Day in the Life, which is the last song on the album, is an absolute masterpiece. Some people have called it the best song of all time. I don't know if I'd do that, but I would never argue anyone who it says it. Uh, it's honestly an experience if you haven't listened to the beatles before uh it's definitely one of the albums i would start with it's absolutely incredible um number five uh used to be my number one even recently it was my number one but you know just upon re-listen i've started to uh, appreciate other albums a little more american idiot by green day came out like in the heat of like george clinton or i said george clinton that's a fucking fun george guy Clooney, uh, george maybe. bush george bush's uh presidential uh you know tenure and 
it's just such a perfect summation of where the country was at that time. Um, the whole it's political. It's a rock opera. Um, it's just fucking interesting. Every song, uh, it just works so well. The whole album works so well for me. Um, I can't most like ninety percent of the songs I would call absolutely incredible, and that just I can't say that with most albums. So. Uh, you know, it's got American Idiot, Holiday, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, Wake Me Up, September Ends, all those songs that everyone knows. But honestly, I think the best songs on the album are uh, Jesus of Suburbia and Homecoming, both of which are nine-minute medleys that absolutely blow my mind. Uh, number four, OK Computer, like, released in by Radiohead, released in 1997. The whole album is about, like, feeling withdrawn from society and an attachment technology and, like, the lack of humanity, uh, like, the real human touch of things in society and so it's an album that progressively gets more and more relevant throughout history because of that theme and it it doesn't make me sad listening to it but it definitely makes you reflective and it is honestly just one of the most perfectly crafted themes that are just executed to like absolute max efficiency and perfection okay computer is like i definitely would recommend it to anyone uh especially if you're feeling a little introspective about about society and whatnot. Um, three, Thriller by Michael Jackson. I don't think there's any album out there that is just so like chock full of absolute hits. Like just in case you didn't know this, this album has "Wanna Be Starting Something," um, "Thriller," "Beat It," "Billy Jean," "Human Nature," and "Pretty Young Thing." Pyt. Like that's like like a ridiculous amount of songs that have really stood the test of time. It's an absolute icon at the peak of his power there. I know I said that for Kanye, but I'll say for Michael Jackson there too. Um, number two, Nevermind by Nirvana. Um, you know, I know I'm not part of that generation and I wasn't there during it, but from what I've read and what I've picked up through documentaries, this album really summed up a generation released in 1991. It's so like, it's the, the epitome of the grunge genre at the time. And it has my favorite song ever made. Smells like teen spirit. Uh, Kurt Cobain, um, I don't know. I just feel like I was robbed of ever seeing him live. And I just, you know, it's one of those things I wish I could just, if I had a time machine, I would go back and do that before almost anything else. Uh, my number one album of all time is Abbey Road by the Beatles. Um, it's just, it was the last album they ever recorded. The last album they ever released was Let It Be, but this was the last one they ever recorded. And it was them trying to make one last amazing album together before they all knew they would go their separate ways. Um, and the last song on the album is literally called The End. And it's just a perfect way to end uh, the career of what I would I would definitely confirm, in my opinion, as like the greatest artist of all time. I think it's just an album that everyone should listen to. Um, even if you, you're not into classic rock, the, the, songwriting, the songwriting ability on display by Lennon McCartney and even George Harrison with a couple songs is just, it's astounding. So that would be my, my top 15. I know I took a little longer than I should have, but really passionate about it, I guess. Hell yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Not a big music guy myself. I don't really listen to albums. If you, ha- if you of- had to name one album that you love, Brian, what would it be? One album that you know uh, you love. To Pimp a Butterfly. Very good. Like it a lot. Absolutely. I love that album. Absolutely. Really, it's definitely really one that grew on you- me. Yeah. What, Jake? I thought you were going to say Katy Perry's Teenage Dream, but... Well, that is no, a banger. Yeah, even- God, that was a hard one to cut from my list. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right, are we ready for uh, recommendations? Yeah, can I go first while I have all three in my head? 
Yes. Yes. Uh, to, to, to like uh, wrap the podcast up full circle and bring it back to where we began because that's what good podcasters do. And, of course, we are good podcasters. One of my three recommendations, I'll make them fast. Um, please vote. You know, I had a, I have an ad at the if top of my Discord. If you're going to vote for Biden. Yeah. If I had, I had an ad during the top of my Discord during this entire podcast that says, are you registered to vote? Check your status and register in two minutes. Vote.org. Uh, do that. Make sure you're registered and make sure you vote. And, you know, obviously we're not where we want to be as a country, but things could always get worse and we got to stop that from happening. Uh, number two, kind of related to number one. Uh, I was thinking the whole debate about how much, how mad I was about the whole system that we even have in general. Listen to Rage Against the Machine. It'll help. Look up the lyrics. I know I've recommended them before. Uh, they have three albums, and then the fourth one's just a cover album, so you don't need to listen to it, even though it's great. But, like, the first three albums, the lyrics are so timely and just absolutely just sum up all the rage and frustration you probably have. And, obviously, Tom Morello kicks ass on guitar, and Zach De La Roca is an astounding vocalist um, and rapper. And then my uh, third recommendation, completely separate, uh, I finished season one of Star Wars Rebels. Way better than oh, yeah? uh, way better than I uh, had been led to believe. Hell yeah. And I've really? heard that season two is actually way better, so I'm really excited for season two. I'm trying to catch up on uh, the Ahsoka Tano stuff before Mandalorian season two, which she is uh, rumored or confirmed to be in. Either way, you know, I'm starting to forgive Star Wars more and more every day. Um, it's good. Season That's one good. of Rebels. I was definitely a fan. Three more seasons of it. Really excited to keep watching. Uh, I'll hit my recommendations real quick. Uh, a podcast, JRVP, uh, Anthony Jeselnik and Greg Rodenthal's podcast. It's back. Um, it's been gone for a couple months. I didn't know if it was going to get picked up, and it did get picked up. It's still very funny. Um, second recommendation, I'm uh, almost done with Search Party on HBO Max. Um, season two and three, infinitely better than season one, and I enjoyed season one. Um, it is really fucking funny and one of the few comedy dramas that manages to remain absurd and funny while keeping the drama high. Um, a lot of those shows tend to just delve into depressing territory, and this show manages to keep it light. So those are my two recommendations. Okay, mine? Yes. You know, kind of burning the vote recommendation a little early, Zach. You know, election, <laughs> election's still a ways off. You know, I'm just going to keep keep pretending it's forever away. I'll probably, I'll probably recommend it every week, honestly. <sighs> yeah, you know, you know, uh, my, my suggestion is Hades, good video game. I like it a lot. I, I love Supergiant's uh, games in the past. Uh, Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, all good. I think Hades might be their best one, you know? Uh, so I highly recommend that. Hades. You know, fun game, fun game. Uh, be kind to others. Uh, try to live a good life if you can. Uh, interpret that how you will. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel, I feel like some people living a good life, it's like, I want my white picket fence. You know, I want I want a wife and kids and a dog. I'm like, oh, we don't have salaries like that anymore. You can't get that money. Who, who, I haven't even seen a white picket fence. You might, you might fence. have to pick one of the three. A white picket fence, a you white You might have to dog. pick one of the three. Um, but, you know, just try to live a happy life uh, that doesn't make others unhappy uh, in a way that affects them, you know. Uh, That's a good way to Have a good one. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you, you, you could be you making know, like, someone can I, can unhappy. Can I say something before we, uh, before we uh, check out, you know, sign out? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm. it's recency bias, but I would go ahead and say... I was confident during this episode. I think this might be the best episode we've ever done. 
this one right now. I was a big fan of this episode through and through. We made some points. Yeah. We got serious, but we had some laughs. Talked talked Making about some points, pop culture. Seth. We hit we hit some notes. Uh, you know what? Big fan of Content Cube episode thirty nine. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. Um, yeah. Whew. Okay, okay. You know, have a good one, everyone. Uh, live your life to you. That a thing anyone's ever said? Does that even make sense grammatically? Nope, but I like it. Uh, right, we'll I, I don't it know. I like it Content too. Cube, we love you. Uh, let us know if you want us to do anything better. If you d- disagree with us about politics, um, you know, fuck you. Uh, but, you know, go ahead yeah. and uh, let us you know. know I, th- I, thought, I thought you were about to make a centrist plea there. Nope. I was I was not about to have it. I- <laughs> I mean, you can listen if you want. I mean, you can listen. I don't really we'll give take a shit. views from anyone. I don't. I don't care. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't give a shit. We love streams. Right, you put yeah. streams above. Mr. President, above if you else. hear this, Mr. President, if you hear this, God. how dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? Astounding. Okay. 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 All right. Let's wrap it up. <laughs>